Angie's List is now Angie, A-N-G-I, the nation's largest home services marketplace. And they're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project is, big or small, indoor or outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled professionals to get the job done well. That's what you want, right? I'm uh, thinking about building out my basement in my cabin. I've been perusing Angie, looking for just the right contractor to get it done the way my wife and I want it done. Now, Angie can help you find the best price for your project. Angie lets you request and compare quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. Angie has cost guides that tell you what others have paid for similar projects, both nationally and right in your neighborhood. That's important, right? You can do comparative shopping. Get started today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today. The app and the website are free to use. Angie.com or the Angie app. Go check it out today. And happy Friday. Glad to do this show before I head on the road for a big event down in Florida with the Job Creators Network, one of the most important small business groups in America. Looking forward to covering that and meeting folks there. But in the meantime, today we've got a great, and I do mean great show. The chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, is going to kick us off. He spent some time with Amanda Head and I. You're going to get it here on the podcast first. It'll be on TV tonight, but you're going to get it first because you're loyal listeners of the John Solomon Reports podcast. A lot of news here, starting with his assessment of all the money that's now been traced to President Biden from James Biden. That's a big deal. And in the case of the $40,000 payment that we revealed this week, a double hop because some of that money starts with Hunter Biden and China. And then it just keeps a moving. Hoppity hop, 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 all the way to it's 50,000 out of James Biden's account, 40,000 of cash, and then over to Joe Biden in his personal account. And of course, you heard some of that yesterday with our exclusive interview with House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer. Now, we got a lot more as well going on. There is a war in Israel. There is a war in Ukraine. There is enormous tensions with China. There is significant provocation from Iran. The world is aflame. And many people feel it's because of the lack of clarity, the lack of leadership, the lack of strength being exhibited by this administration. I've talked to fans of Joe Biden, people who are meeting with Joe Biden right now, trying to help him with the Israeli-Palestinian crisis. And they came and said to me, John, we like the president, but he has no plan. He's got no plan. That's a direct quote from one of them. That's a Democrat worried about Joe Biden. Well, we have someone who has a plan. She had a plan when she was serving with President Trump. She's the former Deputy National Security Advisor, now currently the head of the Heritage Foundation's foreign policy think tank. And all that it does, Victoria Coates is going to be here. And we're going to talk to her about what Joe Biden should be doing that he might not be doing. How long will Joe Biden stick by Israel? It already seems like he's getting wobbly legs. We'll cover all of that as well. And then we'll finish up with a discussion about energy, because as we've been saying over and over again, including in yesterday's podcast, there is energy security is a direct correlation to national security. It's also a direct correlation to economic security. Last night, President Trump gave a speech in Houston. He made that point very compellingly. When oil is low, Russia and Iran are hampered and America is strong. American consumers are better. Their economy is better with cheaper gas. The comedy booms. Inflation goes down. And our enemies don't have the money to fund their war machines like Vladimir Putin does now with much higher dollar gas and oil or Iran, which has replenished its 
coffers under the Joe Biden administration, much from it, from oil sales that we're looking the other way at. Well, today, Jason Isaac, CEO of the American Energy Institute, is going to put all that together for you. And it's going to make a lot more sense when you're done and where we are, where we're going. And also the failures of the Green New Deal agenda that Joe Biden and the squad and others brought in. Listen, you know, I'm a big fan of the environment. I care about the environment. I've got a big outdoor place in the Shenandoah Mountains. I believe that, you know, if there's a way to reduce carbon without hurting all of us, we should do it. I've driven a hybrid for a long time in my life, about 20 years. I was one of the first hybrid adapters, in, and certainly in my family and really in my among my friends, too. I believe that we should be a good steward, but not the way we're doing it now. We spent all this money in California to get solar and wind up, and now we're shutting it down because we have no transmission lines. I've always said this. If you put the cart before the horse, whatever good intentions you have just result in a collision. The horse ends up crashing into the back of the cart, and that's a lot of what the the Biden and Democratic Green agenda is. And some of it isn't well-intentioned, but we weren't ready for EVs. We weren't ready for solar and wind at the capacities we want, and now we're spending these enormous dollars and now we're wasting the energy and the resources that we built when we could have done something like build a lot more hybrid cars, rely on natural gas and nuclear. You could have brought the carbon levels way down if that is the state of policy goal of the United States and not put the American people at such harm's way, such economic duress, and also empowered our enemies with lots of oil and gas sales at higher prices. Thank you, Iran and Russia. They say that all the time to President Joe Biden, I'm sure. All right. So that's our show today. Jim Jordan, followed by Victoria Coates. And we're going to wrap up with Jason Isaac at the American Energy Institute. Three great stories, all timed to the world we're living in right now. We'll be right back after these messages with Chairman Jim Jordan. Don't go anywhere. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Hey, folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. 
You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Extremely excited to have this next guest on. He is always making news. He's always fighting for freedom. He's always exposing things inside the FBI and in the administrative state that should concern all of us because of their impact on freedom. Joining us right now, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Congressman Jim Jordan. Congressman, great to have you back on the show. Well, good to be with you, John, and uh, appreciate those nice remarks. But um, you, you can say the same thing about yourself. You're always out there getting getting facts and truth to the American people, and we appreciate that. It's kind of funny how much truth we've been denied over the last several years, and now that Republicans are in control, we're finally getting... Isn't that, the, isn't that, isn't that accurate? It's like, yeah, if, if we don't get the majority, we don't... None of this, none of this stuff gets, gets public, and, 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 and here, here's one thing, John, if I could just jump here to start... We're making a difference because two and a half weeks ago, the IRS announced they will no longer be sending agents unannounced to American people's, American citizens' home. That is a huge win for freedom. Like this idea that the Gestapo, the IRS folks are going to knock on your door and unannounced and tell you you got some. That's one. One we had one situation where an IRS agent showed up at a constituent of ours door and and used an alias, said he was somebody else. And she thought it was a total scam. Now, the, uh, the, so the IRS, but for us making this public and, and pushing back on what we, we saw here with Taibbi and with this situation, they don't decision. And that is a win. That's one of the things that the, uh, Republican majority, good people in the press like you guys getting this out there is, is actually different. It is. And you know what? Everybody wins. Democrat, Republican, independent with these changes. It just makes us a better country. And, and it shows that oversight done well, which is what you have done so well. It makes a difference for everyday Americans. It isn't some theoretical exercise in a marble hall in Washington. It actually changes things for the better for people. I want to dial in on something that you're working on today. I think it may be one of the most important issues of our time because I think the Fourth Amendment is increasingly in grave danger in the way the FBI has assumed powers. You have done some great oversight work on geofencing phone data, basically using the location data of Americans to figure out whether any crimes were committed without having a predicate. Tell us what you've done, the letter you've sent to the FBI, and why it's so important to freedom. Well, it's just that we we know that uh, regarding January six, a couple of years ago, that the the FBI was looking to get your your phone data location where where you were in 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 relation to the Capitol, where you around the Capitol, and it was just sort of this blanket approach, no no predicate to say you know Sally Smith or John Jones was 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 here. We have reason to believe they can, they did this. We'd like to know. We want to double check that. Nothing like just a blanket. And then you couple this with what we learned from a testimony from a whistleblower at the FBI a few months back where Bank of America just turned over their customers' uh, debit card and credit card purchases in the, in, the, in the D.C. area around January 6, 2021. I mean, this is scary stuff. And it's it's so contrary to the principles that, that our country was founded on. Like you can't just have the government 
sweep up everything about you trying to find out if you did something wrong. That's not how our system works. But it sure looks like that's what's happening in, in modern day America, particularly with this uh, this Biden administration. Yeah. And you go back in. In fact, I found this on the congressional congress.com at constitution.congress.com. When you go look to the founding of this country, the Bill of Rights, the Fourth Amendment specifically, our founding fathers had this grave concern that in British law, there was a thing called general warrants, meaning you didn't have to have probable cause. You could issue a warrant, look for anything, and maybe then you'd find a crime. They explicitly rejected that. And when you see in, in these phone warrants is they don't have a predicate. They don't have probable cause. They're looking for everybody. And then maybe they'll find a probable cause there. Is this something that ultimately is going to get addressed in legislation or does it need to go through the courts as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we'll, there'll be legislation introduced that you take the Bank of America. You've you got to have a warrant to get this information. You just can't be turning it over. Uh, same thing here. There's got to be a specific warrant. And that, that is our system. That is what this country was founded on. Um, you, 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 I mean, they just think it's, it's, would, would Sam Adams think this is OK? Would John Adams, would George Washington, would any of the any of those great Americans who started this experiment in liberty we call America, the greatest nation ever, would they approve of what 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 we're seeing? Um, so yeah, we're gonna we we will pursue legislation, and frankly, as as we've talked about before, we'll also look at the appropriations process and how we can how we can use the power of the purse, the power of you know the the, the appropriations and, and where Americans' tax dollars get spent and how they get spent. To, uh, to influence this as well. Yeah, this is so important. These are uh, seminal issues. The FISA reform, another one. Between FISA, general warrants, and bank records, we could have a much different looking justice and FBI department in a year with, with the work you're doing. I want to flip to another one because of all the things that I've written in the last year, this one has bothered me the most. Now I'm, I'm in self-disclosure to my audience. I'm Catholic, but the anti-Catholic memo, the people who practice Latin mass somehow are extremist memo. It was portrayed by the FBI when we started. Oh, an isolated incident wasn't approved. Yesterday, you dug up some really jaw-dropping information that multiple FBI offices were involved in this. Once again, the story the Bureau gave us doesn't seem to add up when you get the facts. Yeah, they told us it was a, kind of a one-off thing. Just the FBI field office, Christopher Ray testified. He was appalled. He was aghast. He immediately withdrew the memorandum. Um, and that was the story. But we, we, the, the memo we got, and again, this came from a whistleblower. The memo we got uh, from that Richmond office of the, of the FBI was heavily redacted. And we kept saying, we want, the, we want the unredacted version. We kept pushing. Finally, we had to threaten contempt. Um, before they would turn over a less redacted. There's still some redactions in the newest version, but less redacted. And we learned, well, Shazam, it wasn't just the FBI uh, field office in Richmond who was involved. There were other field offices who were contributing to this effort. And it was, it was simply, as you described, John, it's, if you were a traditional Catholic, if you were a pro-life, pro-strong border Catholic, you were viewed as an extremist. You were a radical. And they were looking, the FBI was looking for ways to develop sources, to spy on you, to to watch you inside the church, inside the parish. I mean, it was it's just wrong. It's, again, we're talking about the first right mentioned in the First Amendment, your freedom to practice your religion the way you want. And that's what they were going after. And we now learn it was broader than they told us. And, and maybe last, the thing that I think is just as troubling is why did they redact the, the, the line that talked about the Portland field office? Why did they do that? There's no reason to do that, to redact that name in that office. Why did they do that? Uh, so the fact that they were hiding stuff from us, at least as it appears, I think is particularly troublesome. And that's that's one of the questions we have for Mr. Rett. 
You have a lot of evidence now that the stories that the FBI, the Justice Department, Chris Ray himself personally have offered your committee. As you peel the onion back, you keep finding out they're not willing to give you the truth. That's a real problem for Congress. You can't do oversight. You can't make informed decisions if you constantly are getting half-truths and it takes a year to process and get real truth. Is there a message to be sent to the FBI in the appropriations process that will exact some sort of punishment for the FBI for this sort of evasive and at times really truly misleading testimony answers, redactions that they've been meddling with Congress? Yeah. No, I, I would say three quick things. It's a great question. One is you're not going to get a new headquarters. We're not going to appropriate the money for a new headquarters. That's ridiculous. Uh, two, we will use the, uh, the, the power of the purse to say no money can be used for certain things. Particularly, um, we think it's, it's appropriate to say that we will not allow any type of money to be used in any way to censor American speech. And then third, we, we're working with Senator Paul to introduce legislation that says if you are a government uh, you work for the federal government, and you are involved in any way in censoring American speech. You're going to lose your job. You're going to lose your pension. You could use your security clearance if you have it. And frankly, uh, we we want to have language in that legislation which says uh, you can bring a civil civil right of uh, civil cause of action against someone who violated your First Amendment liberty. So um, we're we're looking at all three of those avenues as a way to stop this from happening in our country. Those are big, big reforms. They're going to be well-received in America, I think, after all we've learned. I want to finish up with Joe Biden, because I think we're at a moment now where the evidence becomes clearer and clearer. First off, that what we were told in 2019 wasn't true. What we were told in 2020 wasn't true. Heck, what we were told just a few months ago by Joe Biden wasn't (laughs) true. They've kept up alive for a long time. But when you look at the behavior now, James Comer yesterday puts out these new reports and you see big money comes in, then they get a meeting with Joe Biden arranged through Hunter Biden, the Cafe Milano dinners. It's starting to look a lot like this was a Foreign Corrupt Practices Act operation. We've seen it used against other people, but for some reason it didn't seem to fall here. Is there some evidence now that this was an illegal lobbying operation and that Joe Biden was the dangle to get his family the money from these sort of unsavory foreign characters? Well, that sure looks like what the evidence is is, is now beginning to show. Uh, I mean, it was it was dinners, it was phone calls, it was over thirty meetings that Joe Biden had just with one of Hunter of his son's business partners, Eric Sherwin. Uh, some of those meetings take place at the White House. Some of them take place at the Vice President's residence, uh, and those are just ones we 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 know of, have a record of. So you got dinners, you got phone calls, twenty phone calls where he's put on the phone in front of clients, in front of his uh, partners. Uh, and then, of course, these 30-some uh, meetings that take place with with a business partner. I don't think, as as someone said, I don't think they're just talking about the weather 30-plus times, all those phone calls and these dinners that are, you know, hour-long, hours-long dinners with with foreign nationals here. The, the, the Russian oligarch, the wealthiest woman in Russia in one of those dinners in, at the cafe, yeah, Batarina. Um, so the uh, it is starting to pile up and then you couple all that with what the justice department tried to do in saying they weren't going to press charges in the years that dealt with burisma which i think is the biggest troublesome area that the biden business operation has um and 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 the judge was having none of this saw through the the ridiculous plea agreement that they tried to run through um you pile it all together and it's like wow this is serious stuff that was going on and our 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 focus our duty 
is to continue to do the work, continue to get the facts, and the speaker has been very clear. If, in fact, we need to move to an impeachment inquiry phase of this investigation, we will do that. Yeah, that's it. And where do you think we are in that process? Is there a piece between here and there where a select committee does some more gathering? Do the oversight committees just keep on the path they are until there's enough evidence to make a decision? Well, it's the path toward deciding whether impeachment is a reasonable opportunity. I think there are, I think there are three things here. One is the, the oversight committee is going to continue to, to, to dig and do their work. Two, we are going to talk with We want to talk with the 11 people in the Justice Department who were critically involved in the Hunter Biden investigation. Uh, we, we think we, we think that's important. And then three, frankly, I think we want to see what the judge says here in two weeks when that 30 day frame uh, time frame from when they try to get the plea agreement done back in July. And now in, in two and a half weeks from now, when they have the next uh, 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 hearing, uh, if they're, what that plea agreement looks like, if there is one. So I think that's an important variable, too, because if, if they finalize this, then the Justice Department can no longer say, oh, we've got an ongoing investigation. We can't come talk to Congress. Then we're at, a, we're at a point where we can talk to these 11 people to justify, including David Weiss, the U.S. attorney. We, we want to talk to all of them. Yeah, that's really important. One last thing, because it was a big moment Monday. I don't want to lose sight of it. The Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Federal Government, you've done such great work there, filed an amicus brief uh, on the Biden administration's real system of censorship. We keep learning more and more about it. Very big statement for Congress to join that lawsuit. What do you hope comes of that with the judge? Well, that, that suit was so good, and, and, and you know, uh, it came out on July 4th, as I thought was so appropriate, talking about how the Biden administration and all these agencies have been censoring America's speech. So we wanted to join in. Um, the, the opinion written by the court was so strong, 80-some pages of facts where the government, the Biden administration, was involved in limiting Americans' First Amendment free speech rights. So uh, we wanted to be a part of that, um, particularly now some of the things we've learned in the Facebook files with, with Facebook, what the government was trying to get Facebook to do. Uh, scary stuff. So we're, we were we were we got that done. I think late on Monday, and we got that file. Yeah, there's a great line in here that the Biden administration has distorted the free marketplace of ideas, including even trying to ban memes and jokes. Such a remarkable document that you guys filed in that court. I'm sure it's going to have a significant impact, Mr. Chairman. Always great to have you on the show. We always learn a lot. We're going to be keeping a close eye on that geofencing phone data thing. That's a big Fourth Amendment issue, and I'm excited to see what Congress does with it in the next few months. You bet. Thanks, John. Thanks for all your good work. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. My conversation with Amanda Head and Paul Manafort next. An unbelievable anecdote you'll never forget. Joe Biden gives some advice to the Ukrainian president about not putting his rivals in prison. Ha! That's kind of funny. You're going to hear it directly from Paul Manafort right after these messages. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, 
and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale. Four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, AMAC.us slash Just News. That's AMAC.us forward slash Just News. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Welcome back, everybody. Earlier today, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu delivered an address to the media and to his country pledging to destroy Hamas. He was also confident that a ground operation by the Israeli Defense Forces would create the opportunity to rescue hostages as additional pressure would force Hamas into compliance. Now, just after that announcement, the State Department spokesman confirmed that ongoing military operations are being conducted while conversations with Qatari leaders regarding the hostages have taken place. Victoria Coates is the current vice president of foreign policy for the Heritage Foundation and previously served in the Trump administration as deputy national security advisor. Victoria, we are always so grateful to have you join us. Happy Monday to you. Um, before we talk about foreign policy, and my goodness, there is a lot to talk about there. I wanted to ask you about the story uh, that we were breaking at the top of the hour, the $250,000 loan from a Chinese businessman Jonathan Lee to Hunter Biden three months after Joe Biden announced his presidency. Uh, Joe Biden's Delaware address was used as the physical address for that transfer. And that transfer then uh, became the responsibility of L.A. attorney and producer Kevin Morris. All of that to say, my question is, from from a national security standpoint, when you have someone who at the time was the former vice president's son and the current uh, presidential candidate for the Democrat, was he was he officially yet? Anyway, he announced his campaign for, for president. Yep. It seems to me that that would affect national security should he win. Were they just not thinking about the prospect of him actually winning? What's your what are your thoughts on it? Well, Amanda, good to have you back and good to see you, too, John. It you know, this is a huge problem for national security, because I think what what the Bidens were thinking was that they had been getting away with this for years uh, since 2013, 2014, when. Hunter joined the Burisma board, and it may have dawned on them that once, if Joe did become president, their activities were going to be somewhat curtailed. So it looks like there was just kind of a last minute dash to get as much 
cash at the coffers as possible uh, while while it was still legit and or not, not legit, but while it, while it was still flying somewhat under the under the radar. But the fact that all of this is coming from Chinese sources, from Russian sources, from Ukrainian sources, you know, this just shows you that that the money is entirely corrupt and is is simply was being paid out to get influence with Joe Biden. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. And uh, the more we learn, the more compromised it seems like the first family is. Uh, Victoria, I want to turn to the speech that uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu just gave in Israel, uh, kind of casting aside uh, any idea that they would put the war on hold and saying that really uh, humanity is at stake in what they're fighting for, that the way Hamas has acted exceeds any brutality seen in the world to date. Uh, your thoughts on his messaging and how it might push back against even the Biden administration, which seems to be hedging a little bit on support of a ground incursion in Gaza. Oh, they're definitely hedging. The readout of the president's call with Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday was was really disappointing after some some, some reasonably strong rhetoric out of the president uh, in the previous days. And what he said yesterday was that he emphasized the need to differentiate between Hamas and Palestinian civilians. Uh, so, you know, be careful, Israel. He said that they had to turn the communications back on. Why? That only helps Hamas and that they needed the Israelis needed to facilitate uh, humanitarian aid going into Gaza. And we know that the very little bit that's gone in so far from Egypt uh, goes straight to Hamas. And I think the Egyptians know it, which is why they don't want to send any more in. And so I think to have the president of the United States essentially acting as the Hamas lobby uh, to the Israeli government asking for all these concessions is really a shame at a moment when what Israel needs is the unwavering, full-throated support of the United States for a victory against these terrorists who, after all, attacked both of us on October 7th. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. uh, Victoria, I wanted to ask you about our response in eastern Syria to the, what was it, 15 uh, strikes on U.S. military outposts. Uh, it seems that the Biden administration is really trying to assert the notion that because we didn't coordinate with Israel on this, that's what separates us from them. And that's not technically us getting involved. I don't think that Iran splits hairs on those types of nuances and details. And we do know that the Biden administration has been back channeling communications with Israel already. Do you think that that affects Iran's mentality with respect to whether the U.S. is uh, officially involved? Not at all. They consider us officially involved. Uh, their foreign minister, Abdullahian, was in New York last week giving speeches at the United Nations, warning the United States that he, they were going to hold us accountable for whatever Israel does in Gaza. And this is very similar to the administration's kind of mental gymnastics as they try to draw a clear distinction between Iran and the terrorist groups that they fund, equip equip and, and direct. Uh, so so somehow Hamas is, is a couple of degrees of separation from Tehran. Uh, but the United States and Israel, from Tehran's perspective, are, are absolutely one and the same. So they're creating a distinction where the Iranians don't see one and clearly doing nothing to restore deterrence. Because as you just said, we're losing count of how many times the Iranians have taken a pot shot at us. And it's only a matter of time until they actually hit a significant target and we lose American lives. Uh, so I think this is all extremely dangerous. Uh, the United States needs to very strongly restore, de restore deterrence the way we did in the Trump administration with the Soleimani strike. Yeah. 
There is, uh, you mentioned a little bit ago about acting as Hamas's lobby here, uh, the Biden administration. Back into 2021, these documents just came out a few weeks ago, just before the war started. It showed that the Biden administration was warned that if it sent a humanitarian aid into Gaza, that it would almost certainly just be used by Hamas. And then they sent it anyways. Knowing that that's been the dynamic, why would they be pushing for more humanitarian aid now? They've known all along that the money just goes and funds Hamas. Is there a blind spot or a willingness to be blind on this? Oh, it's it's the very definition of insanity. Uh, And we had this kind of public spectacle of a State Department kind of middle level bureaucrat resigning over the United States being too nice to Israel in the wakes of the uh, October 7th attacks and selling Israel too many weapons. And apparently they're having therapy sessions in the West Wing of the White House. uh, And for folks who are not actually victims of these attacks, but somehow feel that their pet cause is being betrayed because they're all so invested in this aid to the Palestinians. And we need a national wake-up call on this. The billion dollars that the Biden administration has poured into Palestinian coffers over the course of the last two and a half years resulted in the deadliest day for Jews since the Holocaust. There's no, there's no other explanation for it. And, you can, and however well-intentioned this assistance may be, it's resulted in dead Israelis and dead Americans. And we have to stop it. You have to end this fantasy that it's somehow going to make a, a beneficial difference. Yeah. Victoria, for a very long time, Americans have worried about what is pouring across our border, whether it's the human or drug trafficking aspect, uh, crime being imported into our country, even just the act of illegal immigration itself. Uh, We now have heightened concerns because of the special interest aliens pouring across our border, the people apprehended on the terror watch list. And bolos for military-aged men coming out of Southern California field office. And we had former FBI intel chief Kevin Brock on the show last week talking about these Hamas-style attacks that were inflicted on Israel and the possibility of that coming to our shores. And and I was watching coverage over the weekend in London of Palestinians uh, protesting and and very, very vocal. And, And I think to myself, I look at the last two decades as far as their open border policies there in the U.K., and I'm very concerned that we are going to have something like that happen here. Do you do you share those concerns? Oh, 100 percent. And one other just detail I'd add to that is the Wall Street Journal reported uh, a couple of days ago that 500 of the Hamas terrorists actually went to Iran and trained in an IRGC, an Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps uh, paramilitary camp. So they are being directly trained by the Iranian uh the Iranian military, which is a designated foreign terrorist organization as well. And we know uh, Iran through Hezbollah has had a very strong relationship with Latin American countries, notably Venezuela, also Cuba, Nicaragua. So they could be shuttling heaven knows who and heaven knows what to those countries and then just waltzing across the southern border. Uh, So we could have not only Hamas sympathizers and some of these folks excuse me, say we're not just sympathizing with Hamas. We are Hamas. That's already in our country. All right, folks, one more good one to go. Jason Isaac, I think one of the more thoughtful people in the energy space today, really tying together national security policy, economic policy, and energy policy, because they are all interconnected. Energy security is national security. Energy security is economic security. Jason is going to pull it all together for us right after these messages. (sighs) 
The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, everybody. During the majority of the four years that Donald Trump served in the White House as our president, we saw prices across the board decrease, all while our retirement accounts and real wages increased. And ironically enough, all of that took place simply because for the first time in a very, very long time, we became an energy independent nation. But on day one of this current administration, we saw pipelines completely axed by executive action, electric vehicle mandates rolled out, and most recently, the illegal cancellations of oil and drilling leases by the Interior Department. Now, costs have risen once again, especially at the gas pump, and it couldn't seem like the Biden-Harris team could care any less. All right, joining us now for a more in-depth conversation on the true cost of electric everything is Jason Isaac, a former Texas state representative and the CEO of the American Energy Institute. Jason, welcome to the show. Good to see you. Amanda, John, great to be on. Thanks for having me. Good to have you. Jason, I'm over here in Los Angeles and I passed a gas station this morning, a Chevron on San Fernando, so people don't think I'm lying. $6.49 for the lowest grade of gasoline. Here in California, of course, rolling brownouts and blackouts and you see sales of EV vehicles across all manufacturers slip. And I just think, you know, for, for all of the hype around EV, I don't know if it is the future yet, but what do you think? No, it's certainly not the future, not anytime soon. I think the chairman of Toyota agrees with that, saying that with the components that go in one electric vehicle, he could make 90 hybrid electric vehicles, which are much more fuel efficient. And if you're concerned about rising emissions, uh, then then they actually reduce emissions more than electric vehicles. I live a high carbon lifestyle. I think the rest of the world should, too. It's truly where you have economic prosperity and environmental leadership. But your six dollar plus gallon of gas in California you're actually helping pay for wealthy EV owners to pay for their cost. We, we just I just co-authored a research paper and published it last week showing that the average cost per gallon is over $17 for an electric vehicle. Now, you're not paying that just in the charging cost. The EV owners certainly aren't paying that. But Amanda, you are when you buy fuel. You are when you buy an internal combustion engine vehicle through subsidies, mandates, and all of these requirements. So here you and I are subsidizing wealthy EV owners so that they can buy their vehicles. And you're right, the sales are not doing really well at GM and Ford and Stellantis, showing that owners and people really just don't want them. They want range. They want to be able to fuel up in a matter of minutes, not a matter of hours. 
Yeah, mm. it is remarkable. It is Robin Hood in advance. The middle class paying or, or their proceeds going to the rich. It's, it's an amazing dynamic right now. Uh, Jason, I want to ask a little bit about uh, something that's going on in California. It's the nirvana of the uh, liberal utopian energy world. And we're now seeing California, after ramping up with billions and billions of dollars investment, wind, solar, now shutting them down or rejecting the power because they don't have the power lines to move it. Did we build something that we can't support? Yes, we absolutely did. It's, and it's really unfortunate in, in Texas, where I am and where I'm from and live, uh, has really been kind of the state that has embraced wind and solar more than any other state. Right. And what we have in return is we have a heavily subsidized form of unreliable electric generation that is now more than 40 percent of the installed capacity of our grid. And as we found out during winter storm, URI produced just 8 percent of our electricity. Fossil fuels saved lives during winter storm, URI in 2021. And they're going to continue to do that around the world if, if the governments will get out of the way and allow them to happen. But we're seeing an incredibly increasing amount of electricity cost everywhere you increase the concentration of wind and solar costs go up and costs go up for electricity rates. And you're also having a higher tax burden with subsidies because in Texas, particularly, we we subsidize those transmission lines. So we create this incentive to put wind and solar out in the middle of nowhere because the companies know the ratepayers are going to pay those costs to bring the electricity to where the demand is. And wouldn't it be great if we just built the clean coal technology that we have in this country, more natural gas generation close to where the people are? And we need more nuclear too, a lot more of it. Yeah. Jason, I wanted to ask you about one of the requirements stipulated in the Paris Agreement uh, that, that found that the world need a study found that the world needs to build, I think it's 50 million miles of transmission lines by 2040, just 17 years from now, in order to meet the global emission reduction targets that are laid out in that agreement in the Paris Agreement. I, I don't see that happening. We always see this this this. Um, disparate reaction to anything regarding green energy. The United States is doing its best to try to conform to what the world thinks we should be doing. We have nations like India and China who who definitely are not doing their part, and they are actually, in, in many cases, canceling out the progress that the United States is making. Is there any chance of hitting that milestone? No, I don't think there is. And even there's not a single country that has signed on to the Paris Accord that is meeting the terms of the Paris Accord, including France. And, and I've run the numbers. If you look at the U.N. Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change on the model that they use, it's called the MAGIC. It's where you actually model the, the reduction of greenhouse gas emissions and what it would do to temperature differential. And if the U.S. completely eliminated fossil fuel energy, which is about 80 percent of the electricity we get, but over 95 percent of the products that we use are made from hydrocarbons. If you completely eliminate all the emissions, that's all plane travel, bus travel, train travel, vehicle cars, trucks bringing goods to us every day. If you do that by 2050, the temperature differential by 2100 is less than one tenth of one degree. So we are chasing and wasting and burning trillions of dollars for no benefit. And this is re returning an astronomical cost to the least among us. And that's why in California, there's a lawsuit. It's called the 200 versus the California Air Resources Board. It's 200 civil rights organizations saying that California is violating the Civil Rights Act because the policies they're putting in place have a disparate impact on communities of color. And the lead attorney in that lawsuit refers to California's environmental policies as green Jim Crow. Yeah. 
And that's exactly what they are. They're crushing the least among us. They're crushing communities of color. And there's no environmental benefit. We're already world leaders in environmental protection in this country. We've reduced pollution nearly 80% over the last five decades. We're number one when it comes to access to clean and safe drinking water. And wouldn't it be great if the rest of the world could experience that? And when you have economic prosperity, you get environmental leadership and we need more. We stand, I tell people in Texas and around the country, we stand over the key to ending poverty as we know it. And the key is producing the hydrocarbons that stand or, or that are under the ground that we stand on. Wow. Yeah. Um, Jason, tell people very quickly where they can find more about American Energy Institute. Yeah, you can find us at AmericanEnergyInstitute.com or on the social medias with the number four American Energy. All right, folks, that wraps up the Friday edition of John Solomon Report. So grateful you can join us. Hey, be sure to tune in on Saturday. We got a really, really great show starting off with Eli Crane and Andy Biggs. You heard me right. Eli Crane and Andy Biggs from Arizona. It's going to be an all-border day because we also got Maya Flores from Texas. She's going to try to run again. She was the Republican who won that House seat unexpectedly by the border. We're going to talk about the border, have a real discussion about going on the border, not some of the stuff that is flying through the mainstream media. So we'll have that tomorrow. And if you want to get involved with my good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, get those Field of Greens, start feeling better, get your fruit and veggie daily allowances with no time. It takes just a few seconds to make this shake. Go to fieldofgreens.com and use that promo code JUSTNEWS. You're going to get 15% off. All right, folks, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, God bless you and have a great evening. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events, and you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, expert politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.